Welcome to episode 59 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today we've got a jam-packed Intel report covering all of the latest stuff going on in spy movies and TV, and then hold on for the CIC's very first holiday gift-buying guide. But without further ado, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. <laughs> Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Solo. Bond. James Bond. Natasha Romanoff. Ethan Hunt. Felix Slater. Elsa Faust. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, 007. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Do you expect me to talk? I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Yeah, baby! Special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? But remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. Recording from an undisclosed location full of holiday cheer, it's Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And welcome back to the CIC, or should I say season's greetings. Season's greetings. (laughs) Season's greetings from the CIC. (laughs) The most underrated spy movie and secret agent pop culture podcast in the history of man, according to me is back. (laughs) (laughs) And where have we been, Ben? Oh, man, we have been around the world and back again with that whole thing called life. Just Don't you love it? Life just keeps on punching and punching and punching. And sometimes... Sometimes it connects. Sometimes it connects and the podcast just gets falls on the floor. Where did it go? It rolled under the table. Shit. But hey. (laughs) But hey, we found it. We found it. (laughs) We're back. We're back. (laughs) That is right. But uh, man, we have got a excellent Intel report for you today. Chock-a-block full of stuff because, man, we haven't talked in a while. We sure haven't. So there's a lot of stuff to uh, discuss. And then, if that wasn't enough, man, we have got something that we have never done before. It's true. This is the very first CIC Spy and Spy Adjacent Gift Buying Guide. If you need a guide for the spy lover in your life, that's right. this probably isn't the one you're going to want, <laughs> but it may very well be. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking along the same lines we are anyway. That's so right. Yeah. Buy something for yourself. That's right. If not for someone else, then... Spend a little money for yourself. Buy yourself something yeah, nice. Get to buy yourself something nice. <laughs> Just a little, something a little shiny you can keep in your pocket and no one will know but you. That's right. But first, shall we get into some uh, hot spy goss? Let's do it. All righty then. Looking for a news story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. Indeed, they will. Um, (laughs) So, Intel. It's been a while, so we're going to cover some stuff and discuss. At the top of that list, of course, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, as a lot of you may already know, has been pushed back a year to May 23rd of 2025 due to the complications of the SAG-AFTRA and Screenwriters Guild strikes. And all that, you know, finally those people got paid. So that's all over with, thankfully. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, production has now resumed on a lot of stuff, but, you know, it's done its damage. So now uh, we, we all get to wait. We all get to wait a long ass time. There's even a rumor that they may change the name 
of part two to something other than part two, which honestly I think is stupid if that really happens. Well, I think I think what they're thinking of is making it even longer and calling it Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part Two Electric Bugaloo. <laughs> I mean, as long as there's a good breakdance scene in there where Tom Cruise spends like, I spent two years learning breakdance and <laughs> street moves and popping and locking. Oh, yeah. And he's in there and while he's doing it, he's punching people, he's so, kicking people while he's spinning. That's right. You know, you've got Haley he's Atwell in the, the background <laughs> doing the DJ work with the one headphone uh, up to her ear. That's <laughs> right. Doing the windmill, kicking people in the head. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'd pay extra money to see that (laughs) so now one thing that did happen about a week and a half ago which i'm so glad i actually researched this because i posted it on our instagram stories was there was a a video that came out that people thought was tom cruise doing a stunt for mission impossible 8 which it was not really (laughs) yes there was a video in uh it was right near buckingham palace but it actually turned out to be a stunt double named Holland Hanton, who in the past a double for Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we saying that this guy was doubling for Tom Cruise? Well, there was something written on the on the video that said uh, something about Mission Impossible. Okay. Cause he's because he's on top at one point he's on top of a van kind of doing like a hero kneel type thing. And then there's another part where he's he's on top of a van and then there's like a rope and he grabs the rope and he swings from the rope, like this big swing right in the middle of the street or whatever. And <laughs> it got around as if like it was Mission Impossible 8 filming, okay. which it almost assuredly is not. I was going to say, you're not going to hire... Hmm. <laughs> Somebody who's going to double for Chris Hemsworth would not seem to be a natural fit to double no. for Tom Cruise. Those are two extremely different heights. <laughs> when you say that this guy is a double for Tom Cruise, it means he's worth two Tom Cruises. <laughs> That's how you're doubling. Yes. This must be for one of those extraction ones, as I'm going to guess. If, unless yeah. he was dressed with a long blonde flowing wig and a cape. Yeah, no, which it was would explain not that. the action pose. Yeah, because I know that they're probably going to keep making those movies until Chris Hemsworth like eighty five. Well, Extraction Two was amazing. I too. know it was so. great. So that's what that one feels like more than anything else. But yeah, nobody's going to mistake a Chris Hemsworth double for a any more than any people would mistake Chris Hemsworth for Tom Cruise, right? Or indeed. vice versa, right? So that was one little bit of scuttlebutt, but. Uh, <laughs> Man, we got a long way to wait, which is really sad. You know, I actually watched part one recently on on Blu-ray, and it's gotten better for me. Because the first time I watched it, well, when we saw it in the theater, I was a little... I wasn't sure how I felt about it, truly. I knew exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> oh, I know how you felt about it. There like, was some... Like fall- 20 minutes in, I knew exactly how I felt about it. So beginning, Can we rewind this? <laughs> beginning with the follow shot. Can we rewind this? I know we're in a movie theater, but... Can we rewind? No. And then play at half speed, please. Half speed. (laughs) It's digital. I know you can do it. But uh, yeah, I watched it at home and I'm like, man, this really is good. It was, I came out of thinking this is from obvious reasons, but (laughs) if you take those reasons out of it, which would be a crime, um, (laughs) this was absolutely, it was absolutely my favorite one. Okay. It was just because I don't know how they managed to do it in those movies, but- they keep adding more shit to them. Yes. And they don't ever feel like it's too much shit. Indeed. And I mean, that ending, that train ending. 
right? Is just, I, I cannot say enough good things about, I just think when they get on that, the kitchen cart or the mm-hmm. kitchen car yeah. of that train, I, I just always go back to that in my head. Yeah. Peril, much peril. Yeah. But now we got to wait another extra year. That just means you get to watch part one a few more times before you get to it. That's true. Sort of like me watching Dune over and over and over again (laughs) in anticipation of, oh, wait, we don't get to November? (laughs) Fuck you. All right, well, moving on. Uh, we should talk about Argyle. No longer a punchline on this on this uh, podcast, it I think. It sure is not. Because, you know, the trailer came out finally, and uh, now at least the uh, the Henry Cavill hair makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, because he's a made-up person. Yeah, he's a fictional character. With made-up hair. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we find out in the trailer. Doesn't really spoil anything. It's, listen, this is the CIC. If it's been in a trailer, we don't consider Spoiler material. Correct. Because if you're listening to us, you probably watched the trailer already. And if you didn't, too bad. Yeah. So (laughs) we're just going to get into this trailer a little bit. But basically, we find out that Argyle is a fictional character from the mind of the main character, Ellie Conway, played by... Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Daughter of Ron Howard. Howard. Daughter of Ron Howard. And Conway, it appears now, is a purely fictional character after all that hullabaloo... About who she was. About who she she was was. and whether or not she was a real person writing an actual book, which is bullshit. (laughs) So it's just a very super meta nonsense. But the story on IMDb now reads, Ellie Conway, an introverted spy novelist who seldom leaves her home, is drawn into the real world of espionage when the plots of her books get a little too close to the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. When Aiden, a spy, shows up to save her, played by the unbelievable Sam Rockwell, which literally every line that he says in that movie or in the trailer is fantastic. It's it's crazy. He, all he does is look at the bag with the cat in it. He's like, ha there's a cat in the bag. And it's funny. Right. Like anybody else delivering that same line, it would just be flatline. But the way... He is cape oh, the, yeah. the comedic chops on this man, and it's so unintentionally intentional. Yeah, that's that's what makes it. It's a, you expect to see him be this guy in a lot of things. Yeah, which is why when you get a different performance from him in things, it can throw you off a little bit. Yeah, but because he's a super talented actor. Yeah, but his everyman persona that he brings to most of his films works in every situation. Yes, absolutely. Okay, but to continue, when Aiden, a spy, shows up to save her from being kidnapped or killed, or both, Eli and her beloved cat, Alfie, are plunged into a covert world where nothing and no one is what it seems. I can't say enough good things about Sam Rockwell, though. If they made a movie just about the character Aiden from Argyle, I would watch it because his physicalness in the trailer, too, is like, right? he can do action, he can do comedy. I'm like, I'm in. Right? I just want to watch that. That's the movie I really want to watch. Well, and Hopefully I, we get plenty of that. I feel like that's what this movie is going to be. Yes. With poor Henry Cavill simply being the, uh, the <laughs> fake out right. to, to get you here, which is fine. Yeah. It's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm so much more excited about this film now than I know that Sam Rockwell appears to be the, the lead yes. uh, in the role. Well, at least the lead spy. The lead spy. The, yes. the, the actual doer of work. 
Right. In the film. Right. And I actually, I like the fact that Catherine O'Hara is Ellie's mom. She looks great. I mean, she, she's great in everything. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And it does, I hope that we do get a Macaulay Culkin um, cameo, cameo as Ellie's <laughs> older brother or something like that. That would be hilarious. Because you know, like, what if they were like in a scene where she had to improvise some sort of traps because Aiden's <laughs> damaged and she goes to this flashback of her brother going, no, what you need to do is you need to tie a paint bucket to a rope. <laughs> Maybe too much? It's it's kind of crazy to me to think that Macaulay Culkin is older than Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. That makes me feel really it's old. It's a little weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Also, I love that John Cena is the Luther to Cavill's Ethan Hunt. Exactly. It's so great. I mean, obviously, he's got the physical thing in it where he yanks the guy off of the uh, motorcycle or whatever it was. But, like, just the fact that he's in the van, like, he's literally in a van. Tapping away at the computer. Tapping away like he's Luther. And then the one other interesting thing that uh, I'm still kind of wondering about that's been playing in my head over and over again is there's this line at the end of the trailer where Samuel L. Jackson's character says, it's time for you to meet the real Argyle. And I'm like, what plot twist are they holding back? I just hope it doesn't piss me off. It's probably going to be Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> right. I, I do love, though, uh, it's just it just all looks fun. I mean, it's really silly. It's really, really silly. I find it bizarre that Matthew Vaughn's, it seems to have almost become his trademark, colored smoke. <laughs> what is color? What is the colored smoke thing that he puts in every... He's got colored smoke in Kingsman. I'm pretty sure he's got it in some of his other movies. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even in The King's Man. <laughs> Can't remember it. I think there's some big color poppy thing in Kingsman 2 with Elton and that scene where Elton's oh, yeah. fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm but, not sure why he's so obsessed with colored smoke, but it's a weird You know, it trademark. works. Sure. I mean, uh, given his style of movie making, yes, it works. I mean, he's very comic booky anyway. Yeah. So you see lots of those kind of big splashes of color. Yeah. In comic book panels, and maybe he's just trying to mimic that. Yeah. You know, it sets the tone for the action that's going on based on the color or yeah. something. I don't know, psychological bullshit like that. Oh, side note too. I started following on Instagram the cat from this movie. <laughs> okay. The cat, Alfie has his own Instagram account. Of course he does. And I was really hoping that it would give me some sort of additional insight into the movie. No, it's just stupid pictures of the cat. So tell me, does the cat talk at all? And if he does, does he sound like this? <laughs> it would be way better if it, if he did. He does not Hello. talk and he I'm doesn't. I'm a cat. <laughs> I sit in a plastic box with a bubble and I watch these people do stupid shit and I wonder... Why am I sitting around in this box with a bubble watching people do stupid shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. That'd be amazing. That's another movie onto itself that we could, that we you know should I mean, be. You know I mean? Hey, uh, Bill Murray had Garfield. That's right. Why can't uh, Michael Caine have, uh, have Alfie? Listen, if I've learned anything over the past week on social media about the CIC is that we are we are tastemakers, we are meme makers, <laughs> we are idea generators. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so we should be making some shit. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Just waiting for the schedule to clear up. That's right. So, moving right along. Some other good news uh, as far as stuff getting greenlit. The Saint reboot looks like it's finally happening. 
So uh, Deadline recently reported that uh, director Doug Lyman of the Born Identity fame is now attached to the project, as well as Regé Jean Page, set to star and exec produce the film. Plot details are being kept under wraps for the time being. What do you think of this? I, I mean, kinda, I think I Spy think Prince Bridgerton could be fine. I well, yeah, and and he's pretty. He's pretty. He's he's charming. He he's, needs a mole. What? He needs a mole. He needs a mole. I mean, if he's going to go the Roger Moore route. He's pretty. He needs a mole. Yeah. And a Volvo. And he's good to go. That's right. <laughs> He'll be the next 007 in no time. But uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Hopefully, this isn't just another nosedive into nothingness. Because, I mean, there's been a lot with the Saint. They've tried to revive the Saint about a gazillion times. I think the last time we talked about the Saint on here, mm-hmm. it was with, uh, what's his face from Star Trek? Um, the pretty guy that you are. Chris Pine? Yeah, Chris Pine. I don't even remember that, but no, I would. he doesn't have a mole either, but he is pretty. He is pretty, but yeah, he was. But he's pretty in that annoying, I want to slap him upside the face because he's so pretty, <laughs> kind of pretty. Whereas uh, old Reg here, uh, not quite that pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, the, he's like the right amount of pretty. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the, the Val Kilmer, Kilmer version that came out, you know, was it the 90s? That had to be the 90s. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, was not my favorite thing. No. Not that there were some good performances. It just felt very, at that point, very 90s anything. In yeah. It. it didn't have any kind of spark or anything like very that. Very dated feeling. And, no, uh, no. you know, for me, and I've said this a million times here on this year podcast, but I wish that they would make this version of its time rather than bringing it ahead. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see the old Volvo and things happening in the late 50s, early 60s. Well, again, when it's, spy it's, stuff is relevant uh, to to its era. Right. Which, I mean, that's why we both loved Man From U.N.C.L.E. so much. Exactly. Because they said it in the time period. And it, and it was gold. Right. So, but, but they probably won't. But by the same token, I think that this one could be good, particularly in the hands of somebody that's already demonstrated they know how to make. Yeah. Doug, good Lyman, spy. Doug Lyman knows how to make a good spy movie. Yeah. So, so, you know, cautiously optimistic. Yes. And speaking of Bourne, it's also been widely reported that Universal is now in the early stages of developing a new chapter in the Bourne series. I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, we'll see. Right now, they're trying to get Edward Berger, who did All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, so he's in talks to direct, although that may be in conflict with, you know, depending on what their priorities are, if they're trying to get, if Matt Damon is a must get, then that's not going to work because Damon is strongly set to only work with Paul Greengrass if he's going to be in a Bourne movie. That's why he sat out that one chapter of the Bourne franchise was because they wouldn't bring Greengrass back. So we'll see. I don't really, you know, as much as I like the Bourne movies and the concept of the I, the idea of Jason Bourne, I still feel like it's sustainable over a length of time outside of writing novels because it's it's effectively the same thing over and over again. Con- you know? Yeah, more or less. I mean, now I will say I did really like the Treadstone TV show yeah. that they had uh, that got canceled after one season, but I think that was on USA. But that was actually really good. And I think that could have been something that they could have taken in a in a slightly different direction and made interesting. Yeah. I think I think the only way that they could and this goes for the movies too. I think the only way that they could really revive this and turn it into something that's a little bit different than what it was is if they revived the Treadstone project. Or if they or yeah. if they, you know, it sort of turned to a different way or morphed well, into something else. you remember they tried else. to go that route with Jeremy Renner in yeah. that one little offshoot. Yeah. 
uh, was it a born ascendancy or I don't even remember. I don't even know anymore. And We're going to find out yeah. next year probably. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't a bad film. It's just, I think the concept is solid. I just think the Jason Bourne character, I think kind of came to a more of a natural conclusion with the last one. I agree. And you either have to reboot the series, which I think is a mistake, or you just need to live in the world. Yeah. And you know, I, you know me, I love the idea of going and looking at the little corners of things rather than staying on the focus. I keep saying that the best thing that's going to happen to James Bond with Amazon being involved is they're going to start going, let's just do a show about Q Branch. Right. And let's look and see what 009 is doing. Right. You know, yeah. and, and not that there's anything wrong with 007. It's just we all know 007. Right. So there's no real nuance you can throw in there without half of the population out there getting pissed off because you've changed one thing <laughs> and the other half going, I would have done it this way instead. <laughs> so something like this, you know, wouldn't it be funny if they just called the show the born adjacency and it was just things that were born adjacent, right? You know, <laughs> right. It's Jim born Jason's brother <laughs> oh, God. or, you know, Treadstone, the early years, getting back to that fifties and sixties thing. Yeah, you know, you could do a prequel, right? I, I don't know because I feel like if you take this into a more modern interpretation, then he just goes from being genetically and chemically enhanced to bionic with lasers, and he'll have a CO two laser built into his finger, you know. And then we're in the six million dollar man territory, who was also a spy, but he wasn't Jason Bourne. So I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe we just let Bourne lie for a little while yeah. I'm making decisions now for the big movie companies let's just let this one lie for a little while and maybe develop some of our other properties like that Argyle thing that looks entertaining yes indeed I think honestly this is gonna sit and marinate for a very long time anyway probably we'll so. be lucky if it has legs at all well I'm okay if it doesn't yeah so we've got a whole bunch of uh hot spy tv intel to talk about as well how hot is it Ben? oh it's so hot is it sizzling sizzling <laughs> Ooh, it's hot it's hot wow, wow. <laughs> so hot first up uh reported in variety at the end of october uh netflix has a new six-part spy series called black doves which will star ben wishaw aka q kieran knightley and Sarah Lancashire. And Joe Barton, who was the showrunner for Lazarus Project, was the writer and creator of Black Doves. According to Variety, Black Doves is set during Christmas time in London, and it revolves around Helen Webb, Kira Knightley, a politician's wife, doting mother, and professional spy. Of course she is. Of course she is. So we're going to see Kira Knightley as a spy, which, I mean, we've seen her as a pirate. I'll see her as a spy. Sure. Honestly, I'll, I'll give see, it a shot. I'll see Kira Knightley as anything. Hello. So, hello. But for years, Helen has been passing on her husband's secrets to the Black Doves, the shadowy organization for whom she works. But when her lover, Jason, is assassinated, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Helen's life is, quote, turned upside down. And only her old friend, Sam Young, can keep her safe. Sam, played by Wishaw, is described, I love this, of all people, Q is being described as a suave, champagne-drinking assassin. <laughs> Hello, darling. Hello, everyone. Q got some mojo. So, so does uh, that mean they're going to bring in Daniel Craig as the Q character then? I <laughs> Please, God, no. Um, so <laughs> I, I, me and Daniel Craig are taking a break from each other for a little Aww. while. Um, so anyway, Sam has apparently been out of the game since his last job went wrong, and he soon realizes that his past is coming back to haunt him. So they're, they're 
already arranging their A, B, and C stories of this sure. of this show. So together they set off on a mission that will lead them to uncover a vast interconnected conspiracy, reads the logline. So, uh, and then Lancashire will play Helen's enigmatic spymaster, Reed. Because okay. every uh, secret new spy organization needs a spy master. Let me ask you, have they ever uncovered a vast not interconnected conspiracy like a local <laughs> non-interconnected yeah, right? conspiracy that's right just happening right next door exactly there's no other things in there it's just the right. conspiracy is the one thing right it's never sent it's not like you know like mastodon the the social network mastodon that's all disconnected and different yeah there's no central like anything disjointed <laughs> well i mean to be fair we are the central intelligence it's true. Cinema. Anyway. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, you know, this this looks like something that'll be fun to redo a Christmas review of. Yes. A given that it looks like it's going to probably coming out around the end of next year. Yeah. And it's a holiday theme. Exactly. The, you know. There thing. you go. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. So also uh, coming out very, very soon is uh, Alex Ryder season three. The uh, author, Anthony Horowitz, was on the Graham Norton show in mid-November, and he was estimating that season three, based on his fifth book, Scorpia, should be out sometime in early 2024. So, sounds like all of the shooting is pretty much done, and we have been seeing on social media from producer Richard Burrell. He's been posting some set photos, which look kind of cool. They were shooting in Malta, which is encouraging to me, the fact that they're not just shooting in London, like... You know they they have a budget apparently right for <laughs> so so we might get some cool location type stuff for this uh, for this little project but I'm very excited for the reemergence of of uh, one Alex Ryder. So then we also got to talk about the trailer for the new take on Mr. and Mrs. Smith dropped on Amazon Prime and I gotta say I, I've been proven wrong. Because when this first this story first dropped that they were doing this with Donald Glover and Maya Erskine from, uh, I believe it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi. I said that really weird. <laughs> and Maya from Ur- that, uh, that Obi-Wan Kenobi thing, Dad. <laughs> the thing with the laser swords? I'm just going to leave it in like that. The laser swords. <laughs> the laser swords, you know. The laser swords and the force. <laughs> That's right. So... Yeah, so they're starring in it. But when I saw that in the article before the trailer came out, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. But now that I've seen the trailer, it actually looks like it's got some depth. And it's beyond what the original movie had. And I know a lot of people were kind of like, why are, why are they doing this? Like, I'm not real crazy. But, but the thing is, is, seeing what they've done with it, also seeing some of the people that are making appearances um people like ron perlman and um john John turturro parker posey paul dano it 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 all looks really really good but we basically find out in the trailer that the two are in some sort of arranged marriage of sorts we don't know how this arrangement happened whether it's a voluntary arrangement whether it's an involuntary arrangement but it's it has a way way different vibe than yeah, well, it, it doesn't come off as uh, Apollo and, uh, you know... Yeah, we no longer have the world's most attractive right. two people on Earth like coming together to... In what is effectively a shoot 'em up situation comedy slash romance comedy. Right. Right? So they're taking the premise, which is a very good premise, yeah. I think, and downplaying it, which I think you in a TV show you have the ability to do that with. And here's another thing that I, that I did appreciate about it, too. I felt real chemistry between the two yes. of them. 
Like just from the trailer, I was like, "Oh wow, this they actually have some like chemistry, chemistry, like right. kind of a hot." Mm, well, hey. and I feel like there's <laughs> going to be a slow build on this. Yes, like my, the take that I'm getting is that they were arranged to be together, probably for some mutual cover for whatever assignment for whoever they're working for. Right, and as things continue to get. The shit gets deeper. Right. They start to get more emotionally attached to one another. Right. Because they're forced to be in this situation that mostly people who are in a relationship would be in. Right. So you have to have the ability for them to have chemistry when they don't even know each other in order to buy the buildup when you get to that point. Right. Which I think, honestly, was one of the least successful things about the movie. Because Brad and Angelina were married at that time. Right. There, and was there chemistry? I don't know. But, I mean, it didn't feel like... It felt like two people who knew each other so well, but it didn't translate into the movie very well. Well, it didn't feel like... Almost didn't feel like genuine chemistry just because they're both these insanely attractive people. So of course they're going to be attracted. Of course you're going to be attracted to Angelina Jolie. Of course you're going to be attracted to Brad friggin' Pitt. Right, right. You know? And they, the TV didn't give, I don't think it, the, the movie version didn't give them the opportunity to let the relationship part breathe. Yeah, and this does. And this, you're. it's a slow burn. Yeah, well, and it's a got, TV show. Yeah, you've got eight episodes to do it instead of two hours. Right. Looks like that is due out on February 2nd, so we could be talking about that very soon. Um, one little interesting bit of goss regarding the production of this show. Um, it sounded like at one point, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was actually supposed to play the role of Jane hmm. instead of Maya Erskine, but she left in September of 2021 due to creative differences. So that's interesting. Honestly, I'm really happy that we're getting Maya Erskine. I think that it's going to work better because I love me some Phoebe Waller-Bridge. But you need to have... You need to have somebody that's going to be at that level of Phoebe Waller-Bridginess, right? And if you remember from Solo, she played Lando's robot in Solo. Oh, okay. Okay. So she was the wiseacre, blah, blah, blah. He's playing Lando Calrissian. Donald Glover's playing Lando Calrissian. And I felt like every scene that she was in, she drowned him out. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing about it, too, is just... From a physical standpoint, Donald Glover is kind of short in statue. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been a little weird if you've got big, tall Phoebe Waller-Bridge in there. Right. <laughs> right. Know, you know, so it makes a lot more sense with Maya Erskine in there. I think it also suits what appears to be the general tone. Yeah. And that might be her creative differences thing. Maybe she was in it initially. It was going to be more like the movie. Yeah. And more kind of an in-your-face with the humor. And they went a different direction. And Yeah. You know, I... Not that I don't think she can play serious. She can. Yeah. But she seems to like to bring that little bit of dry wit to everything that she does. And there's the the other thing about Phoebe Waller-Bridge is that it, and I could be wrong about this, but it feels like often it is almost impossible for her to not be the focal point of everything. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. She just, that's her character. And she needs to have that, somebody that trumps that. Yeah. Okay, so when you put her in a movie with Harrison Ford, she could be as Phoebe Waller-Bridge as she wanted to be, because Harrison Ford. Yeah, right. it's Harrison Ford. But I mean, in Fleabag, she was a star. Yeah. And she had some major talent walking around her. Right. right? Andrew Scott, for Pete's sake, right? Yeah. But she's the focus, because she is so funny and charming and engaging that 
when she's on the screen, she's really the only person you want to focus on. Right. right? <laughs> and so in a show like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where it, it really has to be It has two to be people, two, two equals. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that wasn't the role where she would shine in. Yeah. So it's probably for the best. I, I, I don't cur- think her career is going to be hurting because of No, that. no, I think she'll be just fine. I think she'll be all right. Yeah. Finally, one last little bit of Spy TV-related intel. Um, season three of Slow Horses just came out, and I'm very excited to check that out. The, the trailer looks awesome. Lots of good initial reviews have come out. This season, according to Slate.com as an example, they're saying basically that the story of Slow Horses is trying to relocate one of their own who's been kidnapped by an ex-MI5 agent turned private military contractor and conspiracy theorist gone rogue. There's that damn conspiracy theory again. Do you think this one's interconnected? (laughs) Probably. Everything's interconnected. Uh, So that is now out on uh, Apple TV+. Plus with uh, three episodes currently out as of this recording. But I'm I'm sure we'll probably be covering that in the future. As far as Bond intel, kind of a slow day. Kind of a slow day. And, you know, this wouldn't be a spy movie podcast, a spy movie and TV podcast, rather, if I didn't at least bring up the fact that 007's Road to a Million was released on Prime. Have you watched any of this? Why would I watch that? Well... (laughs) That's the question everyone's been asking themselves after it got released. It doesn't feel like we're about to give it a glowing review. (laughs) You know, here's the thing. As the spy master of the CIC, I feel as if I I don't see a reason to cover something if it's not actually about our beloved spies that we follow on on a regular basis. As far as I'm concerned, this show is not... Despite the fact that 007 is in the title, this is not a James Bond reality show. This is a travel adventure show with trivia that doesn't have anything to do with James Bond. Mm. It just kind of has a James Bondy vibe based on the way it's shot. Lipstick the, on a pig. Yeah, it's it's I'm sorry. I'm not going to cover it. I'm not going to cover it because it's not James Bond. This is it is the least James Bond thing that's got the 007 brand on it i have ever watched and that's as far as i'm gonna say say about it so uh one last little bit of bond this is just a fun one if you're on social media i highly suggest you follow mi6hq those lovely uh people who run james bond and friends as well as the magazine mi6 confidential because they've been releasing these images that they have created via ai that depict bond movies done in the style of pixar and they're pretty fun they're, they're quite a bit of fun. No cue. No cue. Yes, Jason's very upset because they still haven't done a cue. <laughs> they haven't done a rendition of cue, but so far they have done renditions of Dr. No, A View to a Kill, Goldfinger, Die Another Day, which is fantastic, by the way. The Die Another Day jinx is spot on. I would watch a whole <laughs> series if it looked like that. And then they did From Russia with Love, which does my favorite depiction Pixar style of James Bond himself. Like that, because towards the beginning of this, you could tell that James Page was maybe not familiar with how, you know, chat GPT worked real well just yet, (laughs) because I felt like some of the depictions were a little rudimentary by comparison to once you get to like Die Another Day and From Russia With Love, he nails it. Like it gets much, much more like there it is. There it is. And even A View to a Kill, the one of, of Max is is really good. So, highly recommend you uh, check that out. Also, you might see uh, 
uh, your old buddy uh, Agent Esslinger from the CIC on a future episode of James Bond or Friends pretty soon. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. But that is about all the intel we have for now. Certainly is a lot. It is a lot. There's, well, you know, we've been gone a while. Well, you know, it was a little bit backed up, but now we've, <laughs> we, we've let it come out. We've flushed it all. <laughs> we flushed it all out. Boy, do we feel much better. Oh, so much better. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> but now... CIC would like to present to you the spy and spy adjacent holiday gift guide for the secret agents in your life. <laughs> or maybe just ideas for your own wish list. I've done my best not to just raid the 007.com store because nobody's going to buy an egg cup. Have you seen this? I have not. That's the last thing I saw in the 007 an store. Egg cup? Is a 007 egg cup. Oh, dear. Which. I mean, quite frankly, I don't think Americans even use egg cups. Well, you know, you know target, the last, target audience. The last time I had an egg cup, I think I was three years old. Like my parents, I think my parents had an egg cup when I was a really small child. And we're talking about something that you put like a deviled egg in. Yeah. Or a hard-boiled egg. Hard-boiled yeah. egg, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've never used one, so. So, yeah. That's the last thing I saw in that store. So, don't expect a whole lot on this list from there. Because... <laughs> I value the tens of listeners out there, and I'm not going to bog you down with that bullshit. Besides, you're going to go there anyway. You can look at the That's whatever's right. there. That's right. That is right. So without further ado, so I have some really great ones, and then uh, things might take a turn for the silly towards the end here. <laughs> but number one, and this is kind of uh, this is kind of both Intel and something you can buy for friends who are who are into spy movies and secret agent pop culture. <laughs> So one super fun thing, which is coming out very soon, uh, I believe in February, um, which, God, I hope it makes it to the U.S. at some point because it sounds really, really fun. It's from a company called Hidden City, and it's called 007 Shadow of Spectre, which is a treasure hunt style experience across London that is guided by your phone. And basically, it's it's 30 pounds per person for a ticket, and you can start playing as of February 1st of 2024. And the tagline on the website for it says, MI6 needs your help. It is critical you follow 007's trail. Gather intelligence, navigate the city, and solve clues in a bid to outsmart Spectre. So essentially, it's sort of this immersive challenge that you do with teams of up to six players. It takes approximately two to three hours and spans just over two miles on foot. And at the end, you get to talk to Christoph Waltz. That'd be amazing, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to you, I am the cause of all your pain. I'd be like, you know, honestly, if I would have some questions, I would have some questions if Christoph Waltz was at the end of, if Christoph Waltz was at the end of this thing, I would fly to England and do this just so I could meet him and ask him my damn questions. Perfect. (laughs) Because I have many. Anyway, (laughs) but that sounds really fun. It kind of does. If I was in London, if I was anywhere in the UK, I would absolutely do this. And quite honestly, if I get back to the UK and it's still going on, I'm going to force my wife to do this with me because <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> I would absolutely do this. 
Also, so number two on the uh, gift guide list, coming out, I believe, next week, is a uh, new book from Mark Edlitz, who also did The Many Lives of James Bond, as well as The Lost Adventures of James Bond. Highly recommend the book, The Lost Adventures of James Bond. Really great book. But his new book is called James Bond After Fleming, which tracks all the continuation novels and authors over the last 50 plus years. So it should be a great book, great gift for a Bond fan in your life. Also worth mentioning that the cover art is from the always brilliant Sean, Sean Long- Longmore. Sean Longmore, man. We're we're literally sitting next to one of his pieces of work as we record this. Well, you know, decorated in the undisclosed location. Yeah, that's right. It's not too difficult to, to determine <laughs> what the decorations look like. Though. Indeed, indeed. Exactly. No price uh, found just yet on this one, but I'm sure, I mean, it's a book. so It's going to cost some money. It's going to cost... Um, as much as books cost. Um, also in books, <laughs> speaking of, is the new uh, pocket-sized Bond adventure. I figured I'd put this on the list. On His Majesty's Secret Service. That's been out just a little while, and I, I thought it was really good. It's a nice little quick read. The tagline on the back of the book, just to sort of sum things up, it's just two days before the coronation of King Charles III, and Bond must stop an attempt at disruption by the maniacal, hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly, Athelistan, the self-proclaimed rightful heir to the throne who is on a deadly mission to teach the UK a listen. So, might want to check that out. It's a good little stocking stuffer gift. It's uh, just under 15 bucks. One thing I wanted to put on the gift list this year at number four, I have this in my collection. I've had it for years now. And if you're a if you're a drinking fella like myself, um, I enjoy a good drink. If you, if you enjoy shots of high quality liquor yes i highly recommend the lsa international boris shot glass set these are the shot glasses that you can actually see in tomorrow never dies when bonds in his when bonds in his hotel room looking super badass he's kind of got his his bow tie untied his tuxedo shirts kind of halfway un unbuttoned showing that brosnan hairy chest baby that's right baby and he's drinking copious amounts of smirnoff vodka you know, I I literally use these all the time. They've got this really nice weight to them, like these nice glass shot glasses. Super satisfying to sip ice cold, high quality vodka out of. It's uh, seventy five dollars for the set of two. Obviously, it's a little or a little higher in the price spectrum, but a very good gift for someone who's really into Bond. Fantastic. Yeah, and then for all you uh, vinyl record enthusiasts out there, and cross-platform with fans of Mission Impossible. So, in other words, me. uh, (laughs) From uh, the company Mondo, I highly recommend the uh, Mission Impossible vinyl double LP sets, which cover MI3, Ghost Protocol, Fallout, and Dead Reckoning Part 1. They did have the sets for the first Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2, but those have already sold out. So, you got to move quick if you're going to get these. Um, But they're gorgeous the thing that i like about them the most is like the sleeves have this cool like imf print on them Mm -hmm. and they're just they're very very cool and they can you can get them in standard black vinyl or they also have this thing called eco vinyl which uses uh, materials that are a little less damaging to the environment because if you might i don't know if you know this but regular black vinyl is actually really bad for the environment (laughs) and then they also have these fun colored vinyls called plutonium quote plutonium core vinyls so uh any version of these is uh 35 bucks per movie so 
do any of them come with like uh, an album that will play you your mission? If and, only. And then if self-destruct? Only. I would love, oh my God. <clears throat> I would pay triple for that. Be amazing. <laughs> and then at number six, maybe the best idea on this whole list, Jason. Why not get your favorite agent an official CIC t-shirt from Central Intelligence Cinema's merch store. <laughs> Why not? Why not? That's right, Jason. Whether you rock our 3M's tee or the super official field agent tee, you'll look legit as hell out there in the field. And you can show everybody that you are one of the tens of listeners of this podcast. Damn straight. We've got phone cases. We've got stickers. We've got mugs. We will have a link to our store at the bottom of this very episodes show description so uh, check it out good stuff at number seven this has been out a little while but it's worth uh, repeating the uh, lego speed champion series of the aston martin db5 which includes a lego james bond which the more expensive version does not that's true so uh it's the perfect stocking stuffer and is sold for just 20 bucks and you can pretty much find it anywhere it's, it's true. Anywhere that Lego is sold, you can find this thing. So so that's a good one. At number 007, I should have added. Heyo. Heyo. At number eight, as some of our longtime listeners might know, we occasionally like to cover comics on this podcast related to spies and secret agent pop culture. And uh, with the new season of Alex Rider just around the corner, we thought that you might want to check out the Alex Rider graphic novel collection, which I didn't even know existed until you told me about it. Always but, uh, doing my part for the show. Yeah, this might make it onto my Christmas list because I didn't even know it existed. Now I'm very excited. Um, it's a six-book set by Anthony Horowitz with the adaptations of the book Stormbreaker, Point Blank. Those two, by the way, are what make up season one of the show. They also have an adaptation of Skeleton Key, Eagle Strike, Scorpia. And Scorpia is the one that's going to be what season three is based on. Right. And then Archangel. So you can get that six book set on Amazon right now for $59.92. Pretty good stuff. Um, the artwork has kind of a slight manga feel to it, um, but really looks really good quality. I don't know. I, I think this is a really good one, actually. And it's actually a dilly of a deal for a six, for uh, six graphic yeah. novel set. Yeah, absolutely. Then at uh, number nine, this one might be for more Mission Impossible fans out there. Um, if you go to the Paramount shop, there is tons of merch Mission Impossible related. There's t-shirts. I'm literally wearing one of my Mission Impossible shirts that I got off the website. But the ones I wanted to uh, focus on, they have, you can get a Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning mug for uh, just under 15 bucks. or And this one I have as well. <laughs> because I'm that big of a nerd, is the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Tumblr, which is basically like a, a car coffee carrier type thing. And it's massive, too. It's huge. I can literally fit two full cups of coffee in it, which is great for me. Sadly, <laughs> it doesn't have any other additional gadgets. No. But there's no, yeah, there's, you can't use it to climb on top of the Burj Khalifa. Unfortunately, yeah, you can't even... There's no like USB it, port. There's nothing in it, there. It doesn't project a false image of something that's not actually there right nor does it generate rubber masks no but it does hold two cups of coffee it does hold two cups of coffee and it's you can't got go a, wrong with that. it's got the logo of mission impossible on it <laughs> i would also point out if you're at paramountshop.com and you like the star trek i'm pretty sure you can find one or two things there as well indeed the paramount shop is quite impressive for a for a studio online shop most other studios don't have that kind of that kind of merch going. Now, not unless you go to Warner Brothers, which that seems like that's half of their business model is selling stuff. But right. And then finally, 
Who wouldn't want an Avenger in their house, Jason? I don't know, Ben. Who wouldn't? Especially, especially if it was Black Widow. <laughs> especially then. <laughs> or Yelena, for that matter. But uh, if you head over to Sideshow.com, you can get either Black Widow, Yelena, or the Winter Soldier, and and quite frankly, a whole bunch of other uh, different uh, highly detailed sixth scale figures from Hot Toys. Each of those start around 250 bucks a piece. Sadly, you know, Big Chief Studios just went away. So um, let's kind of, I, I kind of hope that Hot Toys steps in to do a new Bond figure. You know. I'm still waiting on a Dalton. I want to see, I want, right? I want a, the six scale Dalton. That's it would be, it would be interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of smaller companies that have kind of jumped into this one six scale market. Yeah. Hot Toys is the Porsche, the Ferrari, yes. uh, if you will. But there's uh, companies like Exo. Exo has made a number of excellent Star Trek ones. Oh, really? In fact, they're just getting ready to produce a Wrath of Khan series, which probably means I'm about to lose $1,000 of my money. <laughs> getting Kirk, Spock, Savick, McCoy. Prob- and if they make a Ricardo Montalban. Oh, my goodness. Even I might even want one I'm of those. I'm absolutely getting that <laughs> one. But it would be fun to see a company like Hot Toys because of the quality that they turn yeah. out. Do the bonds. Not that I think Big Chief stuff was bad. It really no, was, it was fantastic. Not. My my Roger from Live and Let Die I know, is it's, unreal. It's spot on. It's yeah. spot on. But Hot Toys just their sculptors seem to have this preternatural ability to capture everything. I mean, if you go to the sideshow site, look up any of the Wonder Woman's that Gal Gadot is on. It's like you're looking at her. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's just, it, it's just amazing. So, yes, I would love to see them do James Bond. Yeah. Um, there's um, another company out there that's also on Sideshow that makes a series of Clint Eastwood action figures. Oh, nice. And so they've got Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, High Plains Drifter, Pale Rider, the original Dirty Harry. Oh, wow. And spot on. Spot on. Plus, they have the dude, and it looks just like Jeff Bridges. So <laughs> don't be frightened by people thinking you're playing with Barbie dolls. <laughs> They're not Barbie dolls. They are one-six scale action figures. Hey, just for the record, on my Christmas list, this is no shit. I'm telling, I'm telling our whole audience this. On my Christmas list as we speak is a Barbie, an actual Barbie, but it's called Barbie Black Box or something like that. It's like alternative Barbie things. Okay. But they made an octopusy. No way. Yes. They made a Maude Adams octopusy. It is on my list. You know where you can find it? Of all places, Walmart. I shit you wow. not. Wow. Yeah. Did they make a Kendall Louis Jordan? <laughs> oh, if only. If only. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely would have got wanted that too. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And now we've got some uh, some alternative choices, Jason. Alternative choices. Yes. These are a little outside. We're thinking a little more outside the box for these last couple choices. Sure. You know, sometimes people like to think a little differently about, you know, what kind of gifts they get people. So this first one, if you need to uh, do some surveillance in your house or perhaps just shoot a video that will follow you around your safe house as you relay info to your contact. <laughs> if you go to the Washington, D.C. Spy Museum store, uh, is something called the UBOT 360 Rotation Smart Face Tracking Phone Mount. Wow, say that five times fast. Nope. <laughs> Basically, you mount your cell phone on it, and using what they are calling smart face tracking technology, it will move around as you move and follow your face as you're recording video. So, kind so of, it's basically an owl in a conference room, right? Yeah. You know, who's talking? <laughs> yeah. So that, that little gem is uh, $54.99. And you know, 
Every family, Jason. Every family. Every family has got one conspiracy. You know, we're, we've been talking about conspiracy theorists this whole episode. We certainly have. And I wonder if this so, is interconnected with the rest of it. It things. is. Inter- everything is interconnected, Jason. <laughs> um, <laughs> every family has got one conspiracy theorist in the bunch who truly treats life like they're a secret agent. Well, spycenter.com has got them covered with something called a multifunctional bug detector and hidden camera finder. Outstanding. And man, they are not kidding around because this thing is $495. And uh, you can buy your shadowy friend a device that not only detects radio frequency, but also has a hidden camera locator that emits 12 red LED lights that will bounce off camera lenses to detect where they are in a room if they're present. This is hilarious. So this, this is this is like the world's most expensive stud finder. Yeah. Well, and let me tell you, if you go to this website, and I'm going to put out a list on our social media at the end of this of all the things on our list today, including the goofy ones. So you can go here, and the write-up for this thing is incredible. Hmm. It really goes into big-time detail about what it does, how to use it correctly and most effectively. Wow. I mean, for something that's $500, you kind of have to. Sure. But it's it's something else, man. I mean, like... (laughs) It's quite the thing. I mean, um, we we should get one here because I mean, here at the undisclosed location, we do bug sweeps, but usually we do. that's just usually us going with flashlights, right? And you know, <laughs> I don't know, like a Geiger counter thing that exactly. maybe or doesn't find sure, Geiger honest, counter. Yeah, if you ash. I mean, honestly, we're undisclosed. So we feel like we're pretty good. Yeah, uh, bug sweeps really here mean more about looking for flies and ants yeah, and spiders. Spiders don't, don't really like the. Spiders. I don't like spiders either. I know. No. Also, is someone in your circle of friends always complaining they're cold after hijacking a Russian submarine? All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> well, why not get them a Yushanka hat, which is a Russian Soviet Army fur military Cossack? <laughs> If you want to look just like Sean Connery in The Hunt for Red October, it's available on Amazon for just $24.99. I mean... It looks nice and warm. I'll you, say that much. You can be a captain of a Russian submarine. I mean, we... Had- which you can tell from your accent. <laughs> I mean, we are heading it. Yes, this is, this is Russian, yes. <laughs> be careful what hatch you buy, Mr. Ryan. Things in this area don't happen to like hatch very much. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> they are very cozy, by the way. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we are headed into the thick of winter, so, you know. You know, and you get the little flaps, pull them down. That's right. So toasty. <laughs> so, also, for fans, for our fans who not only requested our review of the assignment, but fans of the assignment in general. All six of you. That's right. Or perhaps just agents in the field teaching a new agent how to behave like Carlos the Jackal, why not get them a big bag of Scottish porridge? (laughs) Because that's the only way that your agent is going to learn to hate porridge, is to force feed them just bucket after bucket of hot porridge. Hot porridge. So if you want to head on over to Amazon to get Hamlin's Scottish porridge oats (laughs) for just... $31.89, you can get three 26-ounce packets, or if you're really trying to get them to hate porridge, $59.89 for a pack of six. (laughs) And finally, Jason. Finally. Finally on the list, this would not be the CIC if we did not scour the internet to find something for your favorite uncle, 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I went there. Um, <laughs> from xtool.com, you can buy the P255W desktop CO2 laser. Jason. Laser. It's a laser cutter. The CO2 we found, I found an actual CO2 laser cutter. Granted, it mainly just does uh, engraving, but. Yeah, I mean, you could get through a fence with this laser <laughs> eventually. 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 You would, you would have to bring it a power generator to plug it in. Also, <laughs> it's, not, it's rather cumbersome. Not nearly as portable as <laughs> right. the one from Man from Uncle. Right. But. Yes. But for the low, low price of. $4,499, you can get yourself a CO2 laser cutter. So, uh, yeah. So that, that concludes our very first and maybe only, depending on how it's how people react to this, our buyer's guide. If you want another buyer's guide next year, you're going to need to let us know if you like the one this year. Indeed, indeed. So why not get in touch? Let us know at email at cicdeaddrop at gmail.com, on Instagram at Central Intelligence Cinema, separated by underscores. It's the same thing on threads, uh, on Twitter slash X. It's uh, at CIC Spy Pod, and there's a whole slew of social medias that we are on. If you just go to the show description at the very bottom of this very episode, you can find links to all of them. And hey, you know what you could do as a Christmas or Hanukkah gift or Festivus gift to the... Just to, as a gift for the holiday season. Just a gift for the holiday season to the CIC, us, would be a glowing, sparkling five-star review shining like the star of bethlehem <laughs> review that's right on whichever podcast outlet you choose to listen to our our glorious show <laughs> so why not do that because it helps us get seen when other people come in and search for the silly spy shit that we do we do do jason do you have any other thoughts i have no thoughts at all that's why you brought me on this podcast <laughs> Well, happy holidays to everyone, and uh, we will be back very, very soon. The CIC will indeed return. With that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more merriment. Yay!